Welcome back, everyone, to Tech Talk, the officially unofficial Transformers TCG podcast. I'm joined, as always, by Scott of VectorSigma.info. And before we really get into the, uh, we'll say the insanity that was reveals this week, uh, I do want to, well, we're going to have a a short pre-recording that we're going to insert here. If you're watching it, you'll see some of the details, but definitely check out the descriptions for this video and this podcast because we're going to have all the links associated with the events that well i'm about to relay to you welcome back everyone you've already heard the usual greeting for the beginning of tech talk but this is a pre-recorded segment just to talk a little bit about a few events that are coming up in the very near future We wanted to give a shout out to Gaming vs. Cancer. Gaming vs. Cancer is a convention held at the University of Southampton Highfield Campus, and it's going to be on the weekend of March 21st and 22nd. This convention started in 2013 as Clicks for Cancer and has since then raised 28,000 pounds or 36,000 US dollars for Cancer Research UK. If you have the opportunity, definitely check out this event. We're going to do our best to have all of the appropriate links in the description of this video and podcast. One other event we wanted to give a shout out to is the 7th Annual Hunter Burton Memorial Open. This particular event is focused on raising suicide awareness. Whereas in the past it was primarily based in Magic the Gathering, now it's going to be expanding to include other games, the Transformers TCG among them. The Transformers portion is scheduled to take place on Saturday, March 28th, And this is another worthwhile cause that if you have the opportunity to, you should consider supporting. One additional event that we wanted to call out is, well, our own, and that is the Transformers CCG Grand Tournament. Now, we don't have a charity attached to this particular one this time around, although we have run them in the past. Instead, we wanted to call this out because, A, Top Deck has made a lot of efforts to support the community in the past. The prizes are fantastic, but additionally, we're... Tacking on a little bit extra, as we discussed on previous shows, there's going to be Origins passes added on for the the culmination event. And then there are chances to win raffles leading up to that event for the same thing, that is Origins passes. So if you have the opportunity, come on down. These are going to be monthly events. We're always looking for new people. And we're back. Thanks, me. Um, so we're going to dive into the reveals. We don't really have a whole lot of time to mess around, Scott, because it, I feel like we got half the set today or this week, really. I know. You know, I was looking at the numbers of like how many cards were revealed of like, you know, like X of Y mm. cards in the set. And like it was it's a good amount of the characters have been revealed so far. Like I want to say like half and like. With the battle cards, it's like, I mean, maybe after today, it's another, like, three or four. But, like, it's a large set when you, when you like, if you're counting a card as, like, a stratagem, for example, like, do they count? Like, I don't know. Like, you know, like, so when you, when you factor all that kind of stuff in, there's a lot more cards to worry about. I know we have them, like, line by line, but, like, those things mm-hmm. take up a slot for us, but I don't think really take up a slot, like, in the set, per se. So, like... There's yeah. a lot to get to, even though like there's a lot here. So it, it's a larger set when you count the stratagems, for right. specifically that reason. Yeah, it does throw it a little bit out of whack. It throws my overlays out of whack. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's it, I have to admit, some of these cards I didn't get as much time as I would have liked to have put 
thought into them simply because uh, just collecting them all and collating everything was a little bit more of a challenge this time. So if you're watching this after the fact or even live, you'll see that there are some significant changes to the overlay. I'm trying to mess around with stuff. Um, we may have a little bit disjointed in general, as obviously we're recording this in two parts, as you'd expect, but also earlier than the norm for part one, simply so that we, you know, we're not doing this till, you know, next Thursday. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, without too much further ado, let's dive into it. Our first card up is Belligerence, and this came from Blues on Attack, and everybody made the joke that it might be the most appropriate assigned preview that we've ever gotten yeah i agree with that <laughs> uh so belligerence is an orange action uh until end of turn each blue either player flips during a battle is an orange instead uh and this is a card that definitely seems at least to me and scott you're you're always better with the uh finger on the pulse of the community for reactions and things like that I could certainly see a lot of people underestimating this card initially. It, was that the case? Or, I mean, th this feels like it could have a humongous impact depending on the scenarios. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think people understand its effect. I think people don't, but I think the thing that people are missing is that there are more uses for it than the simple ones that are easy to understand up front. Like, there's mm -hmm. just so many varied ways that this will help you as the player that plays it. Right. Um, like, it has very simple uses, and then it has, like, it actually fills holes that, like, have never existed in the game before, like, good orange combat actions that don't damage you. Um, yeah, there's that. <laughs> um, and they give you, like, I mean, like, you know, Supercharge existed before, but this is even, this is, you know, Supercharge, Reckless Charge, and now you think you have this. It's going to serve right. a lot of the same purposes. I think this, it, offline, it, there were two comments that I made that I think were echoed by a lot of people, uh, or at least it certainly seemed to be that way. Uh, one is the the sort of PTA press the advantage comparison in that uh, you're you're taking away some of your opponent's defense potentially, well, realistically preemptively because you're taking away those blue pips. Uh, additionally, it <clears throat> excuse me. It solves one of the issues that I personally had with Inverted, which was a card that was very interesting, but obviously has not made a competitive splash, and that's that you're now getting hurt by your own effect, because it's, alright, I'm switching modes, and now you're stuck there, so it's, you need to close the game out this turn, whereas Belligerence allows you to sort of get the both, the best of both worlds by, you know, you, you get to go into the glass cannon mode, but only when for your turn, you give it up, so you're not really a glass cannon. Um, right. I think right. There, there's so many, as you said, there's so many situations where this thing is going to make a significant impact. Obviously, some more than others. It, it comes back to, I think, when you were talking about the uh, like black pips way back when, that if you set up a grid for the scenarios that you want this in, I think it's a higher amount that you do than you don't. Welcome. Yeah, I mean, like, you have... You have the easy thing to understand, which is the defensive deck mm. situation. Of course. So then, that's like a, min a minus two to them. And if you're playing your own defensive deck, it's another plus two for you. Right. So that's like that's like the absolute best situation, of course. Right. But I believe that there are other ones that matter as well, which is basically like 
turning your matrices and rollouts into double oranges and right. turning their equivalents into less, you know, et cetera. Yeah, it, it it's going to make an impact, and I anticipate that this is one of those cards that's going to show up everywhere, especially early on. Is, it, is that something you'd agree with? That like, I haven't seen negative reaction. I think it's more that people may be even underestimating what it could possibly do going forward. Is that something that you've seen as well, or is that out of the out of scope think, at this point? I think the big decision is whether or not it's going to show up immediately in blue decks mm. is going to be the question. Um, and in mixed pip decks, because like you know, if you're in a truly mixed pip deck, you don't want to be in a situation where it's not actually helping you. As of course, but, but the key is that it still hurts your opponent's blue decks tremendously. Yeah. Now whether so, oh go ahead sorry. No, so like, like as long as like from a sideboard perspective, it's going to be it should be in every sideboard at minimum, if not a certain number of the main deck, just for those matchups. But I believe like it's so easy to just slot in without having to worry about that, in my opinion. Yeah, I think this is one of those cards, especially your point, because it you board it in and you're taking something away as opposed to gaining something, which may in the abstract sound very similar giving yourself plus two versus them minus two but it does have subtle differences and i think going forward we're going to see definitely a delineation between people that are using this card effectively versus people that are just oh well this card's good i'll just jam it at the first opportunity i like is that a lot of a lot of bold effects are blue now and this actually helps you play them yeah Uh uh-oh looks like the the wind is starting to eat you there scott Although we did get a little bit of, uh, I guess you were checking out. So <laughs> so when we last left our intrepid heroes, uh, we were finishing up with belligerence, but was there any other details that you wanted to throw in about this card, Scott? No, I don't know if you caught it, but like a lot of bold effects are blue, mm-hmm. like your backup beams and the, like, the plane card and things like that. And I think if you're playing this as one of your only oranges in an otherwise blue deck that still makes use of bold, mm-hmm. you're going to get even more benefit out of this. And I think yeah. it's actually like a an upside for those decks absolutely um as we said with a lot of other cards in this set like the multicolor aspect of it helps help certain cards like galaxy prime fortress maximus things like that so there's going to be a lot of like niche uses for this as well so like out of mostly blue decks to want to get oranges at certain points this is going to help as well yeah um and there's like crazy implications like blue firecon decks and things like that you can well really i mean go all out in, I guess. maybe not going to that extreme <laughs> but uh something we we talked about last time sky shadow where he has innate bold you can play the deck defensively and then oops all of a sudden i'm gonna close the game out right now because all belligerence i have bold to oh i flipped a bunch of double blues right and Get like there. you said because he has bold two and tough two you're not getting hurt by that like invertedness because absolutely it's not hurting you on the tough side. So you're you're right on that end. Yeah, I mean, on it, the, uh, yeah, on the defensive side. Yeah. I'm. It's definitely. I mean, it's strange. There are some other cards that got me really excited, but this one has gotten me really excited about the next wave because of all these various scenarios of you can set up these wombo blowout turns, and it's. It, I don't want to say it's a combo in and of itself because it's not really an apt description, but it's a. It's definitely a powerhouse in and of itself, or at least has the potential to. Um, yeah, it, most defensive decks are relying on tough, and you're literally just countering them. So this is a complete mm-hmm. counter to hidden vertication. This is a complete counter to sparring gear. A complete counter a, to like almost a hidden gyro. 
kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Right. Like it, this makes this makes. I mean, cards like this actually, and I'm, I I wouldn't be surprised if we see more of them because what it seems yeah. like it's doing is is inborn stats and like solid numbers, like like you know real numbers as opposed to bold and tough seem like they're mm. more powerful. But then the weird thing in this set is that like it's also pulling in other directions where certain cards want you to flip a bunch of different colors. So I don't know. There's a lot of different things going on here. I really can't even wrap my head around like what these sub themes of the set really are because it really seems like it's all over the place. That's not a bad thing. It's just that oh, like, yeah, yeah. it's all over the place. So Yeah, it definitely makes it more interesting and certainly more difficult to you know, do the whole hot take thing, but that's okay. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> um, but it allows you, it, it definitely gets the gears turning and that, I mean, that's one of the fun parts about new sets. Yep. So uh, we'll move on from belligerence and we'll go to better things to do than die, which uh, I, we joked offline. I'm very excited to see future stratagems and see how many uh, deep cuts I mean, I, I guess, I don't know if it counts as a deep cut, given that it is one of the most well-known lines from the 86 movie. Um, but this is Springer's Springer Aerial Defense, a Wave 2 Springer Stratagem. Again, one star, as we've seen with all the stratagems so far. And when your Springer Aerial Defense is on the battlefield and you flip him to another mode, repair one damage from him. Uh, I'll, it has a cool name. How many cards do we have to go over today? Yeah, I, I'll be honest. I don't... <laughs> this one's a stretch. Um, anything, Scott? <laughs> it's going to repair to like three damage and it still wouldn't be playable. So, no. Yeah, I, I got nothing. That that Springer... Oof. Oh, buddy. Um, hope let's, let's just say I hope Blitzwings is better than uh, his and... Um, sure. And... Fair. Wind blades so far, so we'll move on from this one just because we do have a lot of stuff to cover. Um, whoop, we actually want to switch to this for the overlay, and that is bludgeon. Now there we're mostly alphabetical overall for the reviews this time, but there's a few that are going to be thrown in out of sequence. They'll probably make sense to everybody out there listening and watching. So bludgeon electric warrior is tank and ranged. For you Bludgeon fans out there, you probably knew that. Uh, he's 11 stars. He's 4, 13, 3 in alt mode with pierce 1 and tough 1. And then over in bot mode, he's melee, 6, 13, 1. And when an enemy takes non-attack damage, it gets minus 1 defense until end of turn. We'll get to his stratagem in a moment. Scott, I'm sure you're excited, so take it away. <laughs> yeah, this is like one of the top cards in the set I've seen so far. Um... I like to look for characters that have built in, like, card effects, essentially, and mm -hmm. playing him in a situation where you can basically give your opponent, like, your targeted character that you want to actually hit, a minimum of, like, I mean, an absolute minimum of minus one, but realistically, like, minus two, minus three, um, three is going to be tough, but, like, a pretty, a pretty... A pretty consistent minus two to whatever your other character, whatever him or another character actually attacking. Um, I think it's mostly going to be your other characters to start with because I think for him it's going to be a little tough. Um, right. Because you're going to want, uh, you're obviously going to want your other characters to be ranged as well because that's where most of your uh, direct damage abilities come into play. But um, mm, of course, like I just, I just feel like flipping him to bot mode and then allowing he essentially gives all your the way I look at it is like all the rest of your team basically at minimum gets like plus one attack is one way to read this. Right. Um, 
because you should be playing some kind of you know out of combat damage action like every single turn on no matter who's attacking so as long as you're able to get the flip density where he's the one that is 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 getting and i think you're fine and then i think what you can actually do is if he's if you start the turn in bot mode then you can play all your abilities like preferably on other characters just the way it works out um you know like a javelin on him is not going to be very good obviously in the in the alt mode so the key is can you how much how many of these effects can you get on his target um like if you play a, an armed hovercraft on, on another character and then if you uh play like a one shall stand on him for example and then you flip to the 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 tank mode he'll he'll be getting the bonus as well because i think you generally want to be attacking with with him in the tank mode because the stats in the tank mode are just insane like three built-in static armor with tough one i mean it's like it's it's one of the largest defenses in the game combined with hit points mm-hmm. that exist yeah so we're not talking wave stars. one dark mount here <laughs> Yeah, for only 11 stars. Like, I mean, it's pretty it's pretty nuts. Like, I think his stats and his abilities are, like, well above his star cost. Right. Um, obviously, like, he's a tank, so you can use Hunger Down, you can use Composite Armor, like, all these cards that you would want to use. And he makes great use of all these cards, and it helps his ability a lot. Um, the one Inborn Pierce, like, doesn't do much, but at the same time, like, there's a the situation of having inborn pierce and then being able to combine it with other effects and there's so many effects in this set to do it. Um, being eleven stars means against the other big characters, he's going to be able to get bigger they are's off, which is just going to you know automatically increase the pierce five and like yeah. it doesn't seem like six much pierce five is pretty good. Right, it just adds up and like mm. and also giving them minus two attack and things like that. Like I just feel like this is a character that for his star cost can output a tremendous amount of damage as the game goes on, in addition to playing with cards that are also pushing that damage. So, like, I just feel like this card is, like, really, really, really powerful. I'm surprised it's a common. Like, I mean, it has a natural synergy with I mean, so many playable cards. It's ridiculous. We've s- I don't... In general, yeah, you expect the rares to be, and super rares to be more powerful, but at the same time, Springer was common. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the the good Springer, not the other one yeah, we were yeah. just talking about. But yeah. it's funny how you're right. It is funny how that works out. That this guy is a common, and I expect we're going to see a lot of him, especially early on in the wave, just as people are feeling him out and figuring out exactly where his place is. My first thought was wide orange, so that you get extra value out of dropping their defense. So you'll get multiple attacks with their defense lowered. Um, one point of note, and correct me if I'm wrong, Scott, say you marksmanship somebody with this guy out. They don't get minus two. It's still only minus one because it's when they take non-attack damage, they get minus one, not damage for each. Yeah, it's each individual packet, but things like War of Attrition is going to be three. Right, because it it tags it, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go out on a limb and assume they'll spread it out, but maybe that's, it's now making that choice even more complex, so. Right. I mean, like, and obviously, if you're to your opponent's last guy, that's not going to be an option. So you can definitely right. play it that way. I mean, like I said, his stats are pretty solid. Um, at only 11 stars, you can definitely play him in powerful three-wide teams, definitely mm-hmm. in four-wide teams. Like, I think he's... It's it's definitely one of the characters I'm most excited about. Yeah, it gives you a lot of flexibility with that sort of Yeah, it just cards. combos with so many cards that, like, are insane. And, like, his... like his And the stats on his alt mode are just ridiculous and then the ability on his his bot mode is just ridiculous and it's not very difficult like i said put yourself in six attacking other than javelin and hovercraft specifically on him 
that he can take advantage of the ability himself. So, like, I, mm. I don't see it being all that difficult, and I think you can definitely, like, make great use out of this card. So Yeah, it it provides pretty much the whole package, and it I do appreciate the, the higher defense in alt mode for uh, many reasons, but one of them is he's clearly going to paint a giant bullseye on himself because of what he does. Having that extra defense on turn one when you're going second means that he... You know, he's not just, oops, I got cracked for a million because their airstrike patrol decided to go nuts on turn one sort of thing. Um, it gives you a little bit more health to play with. So things like, say, one shell stands are more viable and maybe you can play around with how you shift damage on your own team. Yeah, he's right. Yeah. So let's talk about, because you had mentioned the flexibility provided by 11 stars. Let's say we make them 12. And we're, of course, talking about Metallicato stance. Um, so this is the stratagem that gets, that pairs with this bludgeon. And it's when your bludgeon electric warrior attacks and you don't flip a battle card that has more than one battle icon. Put one of those cards you flipped into your hand after the battle. So basically, if you don't flip a double pip, like double orange, double blue, then you get one of those cards, quote unquote, for free. Uh, is this enough to push you to want to use this guy at 12 stars, Scott? No, because I like to play a lot of green X's and they don't get to proc. So the number of times, like, first of all, it's only when he attacks, not when, like, lawyer characters attack, which is fair. I mean, like, don't get mm. me wrong, but, like, I, I think you have to build your deck in such a way that, like goes into situations that I don't like playing. Like, um, yeah. I mean, I assume, like, first of all, I assume if you, let's just say you flipped a single orange and a blank, I assume that counts, because you didn't flip any more than one icon, but even that situation, like, I don't, I think you just have to slant your deck in such a way that's, like, not, you're missing a lot of powerful mm. options, and it has to specifically be when he attacks, and then, like, you have to be in a situation where you're basically like incoming transmissioning or like secret dealings or something to try to set this up on or like reclaim like things that put cards at the top of your deck when you attack mm. specifically with him. And I just don't think that you're like, that's the best use of him. And I, I don't know how many cards you're going to draw throughout the course of the game. I don't think, I mean, I'd I don't expect... know how many cards you'd have to draw to make it work. Yeah, I. that's where I was going to take it is I expect you can with, if you build the deck in this direction that you'll reasonably draw one. If you're not blue-based, I don't even know if this guy lives to to draw two cards because if they get in first, damage him somewhat, and then lay into him on the follow-up, I don't know if you're going to get a second card. Because uh, yeah, it's specifically when you attack. Yeah, so it is cool that yeah. you can sort of add a green pip to say marksmanship or one of those other important cards. It does necessitate that you're skipping double pips. You're skipping blue greens. You're skipping orange greens. You're skipping this, you're skipping that. And it's right. I, you just need, I do have to say that I appreciate this f feels more in the vein of what Watsy was going for, where it's a totally different way to play the character as a result mm -hmm. of the stratagem. As compared yep, to some yep. of the other ones we've seen where it's like, okay, Cosmos, yes, it's not technically strictly better because it costs a star, but like, let's face it, that's an upgrade to Cosmos. Uh, Windblade, it's the same sort of thing. It's just she gets a stat boost. This is encouraging you to just 
you're building the deck differently. It's not the same bludgeon deck. Yeah, I'm not so concerned that he goes to 12. I'm just concerned that, like, the way you have to build the deck just isn't worth it because of mm. just the way the games play out. Like, I just don't think you're going to be in a situation where you're going to draw a bunch of cards, and I don't think it's worth it. Yeah, I can definitely get behind that. Um, so let's switch back and go to the other card that was previewed with Bludgeon, and that's Master of Metallicato. It's a orange specialist, black-ranged, blue melee action card. Choose one of your characters. When it attacks this turn and you flip battle cards, it gets plus one attack until end of turn for each different color among battle icons you flipped. So just as a quick reminder, the cards count as... So if you flip this thing in combat, it still counts as an orange, black, and blue pip for things that look for the pip colors, but not for their combat effects. So if you don't have a specialist, you won't get the orange pip. I'm sure in audio medium, this is going to sound super weird, but just throwing that out there. Um, So, I mean, now that we have Fort Max and other I mean, there's a lot of things that seem to care about having a whole bunch of different pips, obviously this included. Do you care about this, Scott? <laughs> yeah, big time. This is like, at the time that it was revealed, I thought it was the best action that had been revealed thus far. Um, I'd have to sit back and think about it if it still is, but it. this is, I mean, at minimum, this is going to be... I mean, this should be like a plus two easily, right? Like, easily. You'd expect like, it, at yeah. At minimum... So for, so again, like for a specialist that's attacking, this is an orange plus two, which shockingly doesn't exist in the game. Um, yeah. And for like a melee, this is just a like a like a worse like at worst, it's a worse leap in a battle. Um, yeah. And for range, it's just a bad pip. Who cares? Like it's still really powerful. Yeah, um, you can't have everything. <laughs> I mean, if you build your deck, if you build your deck correctly like and you if you use this in a bold base deck okay then you're in a situation where i mean this could easily be i think you can i think this can easily be plus four in a normal deck that makes use of bold without even batting an eye just by playing the cards you would play normally mm-hmm. like all you have to do is do things like okay i'm gonna play some steady shots in my deck instead of leaving the battles or okay i'm already playing some sparring gears or okay I'm already playing green X's anyway. Oh, I already have some mm-hmm. javelins and other whites in my deck anyway. Okay. And I have my primary color. Yep. Your primary color, white, green, black. Not to mention you have three of these in your deck. So, like, the ways of getting to four just seems so easy to me, especially if you're talking about including bold, that, like, it, it just it just seems so basic to me that I don't, I don't even think it's... And then let alone, like, matrices, rollouts, things like that. Yeah, I was about it's to bring those up. For, yeah, for its easy for its actual card effect, I think it's extremely powerful. And then from a pip perspective, I mean, every Titan, well, the two good Titans want this. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, the well, I guess the other guy does too, just because I guess he's blue black face. I don't, I don't know. They, whatever. It's a card, yeah. But yeah, um, it, I I was gonna throw out the obvious. Well, Metroplex probably cares about this. <laughs> oh, he definitely does. Yeah. Um, and then. You know, Fortress Maximus, like you mentioned, um, mm-hmm. Galaxy Prime, like anything, again, anything that wants multicolored, like, but even like, you know, if there's a melee character that keys off black cards, if there's a if melee character that keys off of um, orange cards or a specialist character that keys off the other colors, like, mm-hmm. it's very easy to slant this in 
and gain the advantage, gain the color you actually want out of the deck. Like, like, oh, uh, maybe I wouldn't play this in my, as an off-color card. But like, you would if it's an on-color card for your for your team, and then you're also getting these off-color cards that work as well. Things like Thundercracker, absolutely. Uh, like, um, trying to think of the other ones, but like, there's a lot of like, you know, Alpha Trial we've mentioned before. Like, I just think this card's very powerful in all aspects. Like. To me, it's like one of the like it's just very unique, and I I'm, I think it's going to show up in the decks. It's going to show up in which I assume is a decent amount of them. It's going to be one of the most powerful cards in the deck, both from a pip perspective and a use perspective. And I mm-hmm. just feel like it's at minimum going to be like a leap in battle, and, and and that's just really powerful. So you mentioned something earlier about it being an orange plus two. So here's a, a rules question for you: Say you flip this with Battlefield Legend, do you get the bonus? Because it says when you uh, when it attacks, as in the character, this turn, and you flip battle cards. So you'd say you flip this as one of the battle cards. Can you play it and then get plus X? Uh, I doubt it. I'm thinking you can't. But as you were talking about that, that was kind of playing in the back of my head of, oh, well, hey, now Optimus Prime has something that instead of, you know, we always have to explain to people that Supercharge doesn't work. Here's your, your static attack buff, but... Still doesn't work. Womp womp. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it'll work, but we'll see. Yeah, I anticipate that it won't because that just seems to be the way, but uh, yeah. we'll see if that happens. So any other thoughts for uh, a card with too long a name? No, I think it's I think it's powerful and I think it will see, I think it will see play. Yeah, I agree with you. This thing seems like it has some legs under it. Um, so we're going to move on from there. To one of our character cards, and that is Brainstorm, Biomechanical Engineer. Um, he is one of the new bodies that we have. He's nine stars, four, twelve, two, plane and ranged in alt mode. And when you flip to alt mode, you look at the top card of your deck. If it's an upgrade, you may play it. In body mode, he's five, twelve, one. And when this attacks and you flip, at least one upgrade, you may put one of the upgrades you flipped into your hand after the battle. Is this guy setting your world on fire, Scott? How many stars is he? Eight, or excuse me, nine? No. It just, I don't know. It <laughs> Stat-wise, and it's cool to be able to play... I, I can't picture a deck at the moment outside of, I guess, Jet Fire that's going to play like 30 upgrades to be able to consistently get the free one i don't know it just we're if you're going to great lengths to incoming transmissions upgrades to get the free play i guess that's something new for the autobot side as compared to decepticons so maybe there's an interaction there because because galaxy prime hasn't been able to do it since last week well i mean (laughs) as compared to like the decepticons have gotten more effects for it so i guess it's not new is not the right word but it's adding to the pile i don't know i just i'm not really thrilled by brainstorm at the moment yeah i mean the galaxy prime ability has proven to be like if you hit it on the action great if you don't it's okay i don't think you can play a nine plus character like probably like i don't know minimum like an 11 probably a 12 Mm. and and hope to hit the ability like i think you would have to play it to where you are going to hit the ability and then you're basically just flipping to get a funky new designs and not being in the mode that you want to attack in. So like he's only helping your other characters. And I don't think that's mm. what you want out of a character that costs this much. 
Yeah, so, that's the thing is he just if he had slightly higher stats or maybe if there's one of the Titan Masters that shows up that really helps him, I just I don't know. Like playing the upgrade out of combat obviously would have been too powerful, but like just drawing it is not powerful enough because mm. you have to wait an entire turn before you can do anything with it. So like I don't really care. Um so I don't know, it's just not Yeah, to your point, you can kind of already do this with Galaxy Prime with a much improved body attached. Yeah, I mean this is one of the this is one of the weaker Titan Masters I've seen, to be honest with you. Yeah, I I I like Brainstorm lore wise. It's he's not thrilling me at the moment, uh it, with his current configuration, unfortunately. Yeah. So we'll move on from Brainstorm. So next up is one of the Toy Fair reveals. Um, and yeah, it, I apologize that some of these, well, people were taking pictures probably with their phones or whatever <laughs> live. Yeah, <laughs> they, were in the, they were in the cases. So they're going yeah. to go through glass to just even be able to keep the pictures. Exactly. So the first one up is Brass Knuckles. It's a blue utility that provides bold too. Honestly, my one of my first thoughts with this was some... Does it open up any other avenues for overwhelming advantage? Uh, I don't know. I still haven't really gone through all of the permutations, but uh, it, to your, you mentioned it when we were talking about other cards, Scott, that having bold and blue teams is not necessarily useless anymore. No, I mean, this is powerful. I mean, you, if, you, if you can get... If you can play this as one of your only blues... In an orange deck, you're getting plus two out of a utility slot, which is really hard to find. Yep. Um, and, you know, in a blue-black deck, this is very powerful. In in a straight-on blue deck, you wouldn't play this. But in, in a blue-black base deck, you would play this. Um, it's decent. I just don't know if it, it'll actually see play, because I think a lot of times at a utility slot, you're looking for literal utility and not just yeah. raw stats. Mm. So, like... An aggressive deck would want to be looking for this, but like this is essentially would be like like your backup weapon, like then playing a better weapon, and, and yeah, with it being blue, I don't think you would want that. So I don't, I don't. It to me, it's solid. I just don't think it's going to actually see a lot of play because I don't know what the home for it is. Like like we said, unless there's a reason for to want to to get a, like Metroplex or something like that. I don't know. You would know better than me but i assume yeah i'd have to say there's a lot of cards that we always have to append oh yeah and metroplex i guess technically um fort max now too to some extent just depending on how like we're definitely hitting the the saturation point or maybe not saturation point but we're definitely hitting the threshold where the combinations of effects in slots is it's obviously been growing and that means that a lot of these other things you can now shift around what were, you know, sacred parts of a deck list because now you can, oh, well, I can get that effect here instead. So that means I can try and include this other thing for the pips, which a bunch of cards now care about it. It's opening up a lot more opportunities. And this is something that to your point, yeah, I'm not sure exactly how much play it's going to see. I would expect not a lot initially, but this may be something as people dive farther into wave five that its power will end up, you know, bubbling to the surface. Yeah, it's all about those effects that want you to flip certain colors in a certain combination or a certain density of those. Right. 
And as long as you are good there, it's fine. Yeah. I I mean, like you said, the, the major point for this is that it is potentially a plus two in a slot that typically only grants plus one. Uh, it, or it's, that, yeah. Yeah. And in those sort of decks, it, this is, okay, I'm quote unquote guaranteeing plus one and I have a shot at more. So there's definitely something to be said for that, but we'll see where Brass Knuckles ends up finishing up. Yep. So... Got to do another switch real quick. So moving on from there, we have another new character with a stratagem attached, and that is Brawn, Demolitions. I just want to throw out there, of the G1 Autobots, I don't think there's anyone I care less about than Brawn other than Huffer. Like Man, Brawn was the first toy I ever owned. I know, I saw you tweet that. <laughs> um, I don't know, like show-wise, I mean, Huffer is like... I'll, there's a there's a wide gulf between Braun and Huffer because <laughs> Huffer is like, oh my god, who cares? But anyway, um, yeah, I didn't realize you're such a Huffer here. He's just such an irritating character. <laughs> but anyway, I just, I just never knew that. Wow. No, it's just one of the. I don't even think about him until I see Braun, and then for some reason, like mentally, I associate the two. Um, so but they're both uh, mini bots. So. I guess I don't know. Anyway, uh, inane lore complaints aside, uh, let's talk about Braun. So, since you had mentioned he's a mini bot, he's truck and melee five stars, three nine two in alt mode. And when this attacks an enemy that has more stars than him, and you flip battle cards, this gets pierce one until end of battle for each different color among battle icons you flipped. And then we move over to bot mode, 391 melee, when this defends against an enemy that has more stars than him and you flip battle cards. This gets plus one defense, un- excuse me, this gets plus one defense until end of battle for each different color among battle icons you flipped. Now, feel free to correct me, Scott, I'm sure you will. Are you thinking this is primarily an alt mode character? No, it, it's dependent on what you're facing against. I think well, the, the beauty the beauty mm-hmm. of this is that you can do it. You can go either way. All right, then take it away. Learn us some brawn. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's highly dependent on playing the card correctly, playing your turn orders correctly. I think this is actually a more skill intensive card that people are probably thinking it is for a, a little five drop. It, it's funny um, how they pack that in like that, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, because you. If you are facing against somebody that's larger than you, you would typically, like, well, okay. First of all, it depends on what deck you're playing against. You're playing against and you're playing with. So, like, if you're, you're not going to have, I don't think you're, this guy's going to show up in an orange deck. Um, because I don't, because I don't think it's making use out of either one of his abilities. Although, in fairness, his bot mode ability doesn't really care what color you're using. So, like, I can yeah. probably see it there. There's an argument to be made that, it, like you were saying with earlier stuff, if you're running enough master of metallicados or you know whatever that it's you could get there sort of thing i mean the key to understand is he's a 392 in both modes like right i mean like you're playing nine one in in uh yeah. bot but, but i mean you're playing yeah. you're playing a color so like mm-hmm. even if your deck was entirely literally only one color he'd still be a 392 like you, you're basically like every blue you flip you're getting double blue. like the, the first blue you flip is a double blue and the other colors you're getting are essentially blues on defense anyway. So, mm. like, at minimum, he's going to be, like, a 392, if not better, 
obviously should be better in when you're in bot mode defending against a higher star character. Um, so from that perspective, like that's very powerful. Um, cause even if you were an orange deck, like again, like just do, just you know, replay the conversation from master Metallica Kato. It's not hard to get to this plus three and plus four. Now you're doing it on defense mm-hmm. or you're doing it or you're doing it on Pierce. So yeah, let's, if we look at the alt mode first, so it's this card is highly dependent. Are you going first or second? Do you have targets that are available to you? What I like about this character is a lot of the ways that control mirrors come down is you typically want to go second and your first few attacks do absolutely nothing to the character you actually want to be able to damage. Well, he can target their main character, which is going to be more than five stars. Like, I don't care what the deck makeup is. It's going to be more than five stars. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he's going to have guaranteed damage, like an absolute minimum guaranteed damage of one. Yeah, like, making... Without a doubt. Making your previously, up to this point, mostly useless characters, offensively speaking, in those decks, innately relevant because he's going to be getting Pierce whatever, mm-hmm. it feels like a pretty significant game changer. Right, so if we set up these situations again, like we talked about in Master of Metallicato, where you have bold, or, you know, but in this situation, it's even more pronounced, because now you play a bigger they are, and he's going to be, like, bold, what, six, seven, easily, and be, and, you know, like, at least five attack, maybe six, with it all being pierced, like, it's very mm-hmm. easy to set up situations with this character, where it's your, where he's RC, essentially, like, all your attack yeah. is, is pierce, and you have a better defensive ability, because the only downside is that, like, they can, quote, waste their terrible characters attacking him, but you just don't flip to the bot mode in that situation. Like, you just basically just sit there and you're like, okay, I'm a 392. Like, there's nothing wrong with being a 392. Like, I mean, Flame Wars is a 310 one, but, like, I mean, he basically has the same survivability to, as her in one hit, except for his upside is tremendous. Right. Yeah. Um, it's usable at every stage of the game, which is what I like. Yeah, absolutely. He is surprisingly, like we said earlier, it it is amazing to me how much is packed into this five-star character and how much utility is available. Uh, Broken record time, it's just a matter of now your five-star, which previously was a throwaway, maybe a wall sort of character that you, in a control deck, you're running out there just for the purpose of soaking hits, and then every once in a blue moon you'll get a bigger they are, or you can set up in Galaxy multiple matrices to then make the guy relevant. He's relevant from the word go in the control matchups, and he's comparably sturdy to alternatives, even if he doesn't literally have, say, the keyword tough or other effects, that he's going to still probably soak the same number of hits, or if you manage to get into the other mode, Potentially a lot more. But once he has bold and tough, his, his power level just goes through the roof on both sides. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, like... And, and what I like I said, what I like about him is that he can switch roles depending on what you're facing off against, how you're... Whether you're going first or second, like, all these things, and that's why I just think he's more skill-intensive than people are giving him credit for, because I think there's certainly ways that you want to be playing this, and the, the effective way of using him that are going to be very game state dependent. Yeah. 
I do have to say, despite my previous, uh, I don't want to say disdain, because, well, I didn't Hatred. hate him. No, <laughs> I didn't hate him. There, there are characters that I really can't stand. Um, Braun, I, I didn't like, so maybe I was I was making a joke at the beginning, but yeah, Braun isn't my favorite character, but I do have to say the artwork's pretty sweet, too. Um, yeah, I agree. He, he looks pretty cool, and I like all of the, the level of detail, especially in the bot mode. Um, but that aside... Let's see if you care about him at six stars, Scott, because he did come with his own stratagem, and that's resilience. So it's obviously tagged to brawn demolitions. One star, as always. Uh, when your brawn demolitions defends, he gets plus defense until the end of battle equal to the attacker's bold. So it doesn't care which mode he's in. But given the purposes that we were discussing and how he frequently may be the first guy out there... Are you anticipating that you're running this guy at six stars a lot? No. I, yeah. <laughs> Chad is saying rip Volcanicus. <laughs> I mean, it's going to depend. It's, it's going to depend on the sideboarding rules for strategies. Yeah. The thing is, is that, okay. So this, the scenario where he gets run out early, I don't know. I mean, obviously over the course of a game, somebody that has bold if you're running him out against an aggressive deck or I guess hypothetically even a blue one but I'll get to that in a second against an aggressive one somebody with bold is going to try and connect with him and then this stratagem would potentially matter if it does I I, I don't know if I care you know what I mean like if I mean, they were doing something to enable the bold and investing cards obviously they wouldn't with this out there I almost would rather they did so they're investing cards punching him and not whoever my character is that I really care about Yeah like stratagems I like are ones that affect the team and this again only helps him mm. although it does it can counter a significant portion of your opponent's aggressive deck like their superchargers just become countered right like they're yeah, their backup beams just become countered or whatever, right? So yeah, their only hope is, is that they hit doubles off of every card that that bold is enabling them, which is unreasonable yeah. to expect. I think it's only going to see play depending on what the sideboard rules are for strategies. To be honest with you, yeah, it's uh, I don't know. I it, the other scenario is if these hypothetical bluer or blue based bold decks, because of all the different things that we're adding in, what I'm picturing in my head is that they're blue black and therefore. It doesn't matter how much extra defense you're getting. Who cares? So right, good point. Good it's point. only it's specifically going to have to be aggressive, bold baked deck, bold baked decks, bold base decks, and I'm not sure I want to invest the extra star just to keep him alive in that particular matchup. But we'll see. Yeah, I think it's. Right. So, uh, any other thoughts for Braun or his uh, his stratagem? I like that. All right, we'll move on from there, and we need to get our other setback. There we go. So, another character. This one was revealed relatively recently. Another character that's near and dear to my heart because of the IDW comics, and that is Chrome Dome, computer programmer. Uh, he is a car and a specialist. He's eight stars, four, 13, two in alt mode. And when this attacks and your opponent has three or more actions in their KO area, this gets plus three until end of turn. Uh, 
How do you get actions in your KO area? Well, uh, in body mode, he's a specialist. He's 5-13-1. And when you flip to this mode, look at your opponent's hand and put an action from it into their KO area. So he does feed himself, although it's it's going to take some time to strip three away unless people are daring escaping stuff. Like, I, I don't think there's any other way to get them there at this point, with the exception of the self-KOing ones, like, I want to say the, the Soundwave one. Or no, it's Recover Cassette does it. I don't think the Soundwave Double Black Pip does. There might be one other one that self-KOs. Uh, are you excited about the, the disruption-based seemingly Chrome Dome, Scott? No, not at all. Not at all? Like, literally not at all? Uh, it's going to be on the sideboarding rule. I don't see the use for this up front. I mean, at nine stars, he's... He, how much is he? Just... He's eight stars. And so if you put a one-star head on him, he's a 5-13-1 in the mode you'd be attacking in, which isn't awful, I guess. With bold, with bold one that we know, right? Yes, depending, obviously, the other heads. Um, so... Five bold one that disrupts your opponent. I mean, maybe. I don't know if he is a car, so there's always the potential that it's in a car's build that you can un. Why? What? You can't you start your end? You can't you start your end? Well, well you can the... if he's already in. Car, but right. Body yeah. Like that's why I don't like it. Mm-hmm. It's. I mean, this is going to be dependent on whether or not there's an escape route for for tight masters. A hundred percent. Because. I mean, how do I explain it? Like, do you get an action on turn one out of their hand? Likely, yes. It's just like playing Sentinel Mirage as yeah. Sentinels, right? Mm-hmm. But just like Sentinel Mirage as Sentinels, he doesn't do much the rest of the game. <laughs> so, yeah, this is going to be like it's. Except for there, you're not investing. Here, you're investing like eight, you know, nine to t- nine stars minimum to do that, and I don't think that's. I mean, to be fair, if you were playing Sentinel Mirage, you were investing 25 stars. (laughs) I guess. Technically, like, depending on how you look at it. (laughs) You're investing 11 in a bad option. Yeah. Um, I agree with you. It's, uh, I know I saw a bunch of people commenting, oh, well, this is the death knell for overwhelming advantage and uh, daring escape or other things like that. I mean, yes and no, because you have very narrow windows to impact those decks now overwhelming advantage obviously is i mean they're both telegraphed but in different ways overwhelming advantage like they're gonna have to have the card and and unless they hit it on defense you just go oh well i guess i'll take that one as soon as they show it um or the turn before you suspect they're gonna go off you could do the same thing against daring escape but I could certainly see a lot of people taking the incorrect cards with this. Uh, Obviously, that'll get ironed out as people get more familiar with it, but it is a significant investment star-wise for a relatively middling character body-wise, and I don't think the other mode, the alt mode, is ever going to happen unless you there are other cards that do this. So what are, what is what is the what are the body mode stats if you I mean the car mode stats if you actually do get it off? Uh he'll be a six thirteen two. For I mean that's 
for like X, right? For yeah. I mean, that's not. So let's say they print a card that copies it, mm-hmm. like an action beca- that does this. Yeah, and then because it's a Titan Master, and because a lot of them seem to be seem to have powerful flip abilities, like you're going to play showing off, or you're going to play the hopeful eventual body mode to alt mode or vice versa mm. ability. Like, if you can get it off relatively quickly, I guess it's still just, quote, fine. Yeah, That's and I was incorrect. He's, like, he's seven. I think I said six. Because uh, he gets plus three. I mean, three. that helps. So, I like, mean, and seven, hypothetically eight. bold one also. Yes. For nine, then, at that point? That's where I... But it it is obviously highly contingent on these cards that we're assuming are going to exist, but there's obviously no evidence yet that they do uh maybe they'll show well, up in later waves yeah. for that matter even even the showing off alone is not powerful enough I... now that somebody said it's a dubstep stream i kind of want to keep the robot <laughs> sounds and see if i can do a remix to it but anyway um go for it so we're back <laughs> for attempt number two uh so chrome dome we were talking about him potentially getting and again, these are all hypothetical cards that we're talking about, at least this time of the recording. Um, you know, a showing off effect for the new character types, maybe uh, showing off itself, and then trying to trigger this ability a bunch of times so that he's a possibly a seven, base seven, because he gets plus three, although it won't stack, just for everybody that's thinking that. Seven, bold one or better, uh, plus weapons, Plus, you've now stripped X number of cards from your opponent's hand. I'm assuming in the period that we lost you, that's where you were going with it, Scott? Yeah, but it's only action cards anyway. It's not even upgrades, right? So, like, right. your opponent, you might not even get there even with that. So, I, I don't yeah. think it's very, very good, to be honest with you. It's unfortunate. I think, while it's tempting to build into the alt mode, I think you definitely are going to have to just suck it up with the body mode. And whether that is a thing is up for debate as of right now like you said it both for this and other cards it's very much going to be contingent on the sideboard cards and we'll have to play it by ear i guess yeah i mean the, the mirage clone with still getting a body is fine like i just don't think the body is impressive enough for that ability so mm-hmm. we'll have to see yeah which is sad it seems like i have to <laughs> the characters i don't like are doing great and the characters i like eh, they're they're uh they could use some help so yep we'll see how it goes so moving from there we're back to battle cards uh and this is electro optical visor we'll move on from chrome dome to electro optical visor so this is a blue single blue pip decepticon armor plus one defense and when you put this on a decepticon your opponent reveals their hand and chooses an autobot or you choose an Autobot card from it and scrap that card. So the obvious implication is potentially a Shockwave card. I don't. I'm not really enthused by this. Are you? Are you excited by this one, Scott? We've we've seen two Decepticon cards in the set. We've only seen one Autobot card, so we have to assume there's more Autobot cards coming. But right. that aside, I just I don't understand like because it only hits upgrades right or does it it hits any Autobot any Autobot card so you got your matrixes I mean to your point what Autobot actions are there question mark terrible ones like the repair common confidence um oh diagnosis the thing that yeah um, confidence is a good point yeah um 
I don't know. I mean, you, you're not wrong that maybe this was an answer. Maybe this was an answer or supposed to be an answer to PTA, but even then, I don't. Let's assume press the advantage was still a thing. I mean, yes, you can obviously take it, but if this card exists, then is your opponent just playing it at the first opportunity? I mean, then, so you could play it the turn that your shockwave or whatever could be exposed to then try and prevent their wheel turn or their follow-up turn or whatever, I guess. I guess so, in the PTA world, maybe. Pinpoint discard doesn't matter to me. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. Like, it, hit, it hits Enigmas, right? Like, I mean, they don't matter much anymore. It hits... I don't think it hits... Are the Enigmas actually faction-stamped? Yeah. yeah, they're faction-stamped. Okay. It hits... It hits Noble's Blaster. It hits it Matrix. But it hits everything your opponent's just going to play right away. The, this, yeah. This game, you don't you don't hold cards in this game. Like, I, I just don't think it's... I just don't think this does enough, honestly. Like, I mean, is it... Is it like in addition to Shockwave, like I get to just discard more, like, sh and it's an armor instead of a weapon, like, sure, but like, it just doesn't hit enough. So I had said this offline, but it's part of the issue also is the way that this game operates, even in addition to all the things you brought up, Scott, that, so <clears throat> if this worked as, if, I don't want to say mechanic, but if this rule worked the way it did in other games in that you have an armor out, you play a second one, you get to choose which one stays and which one goes. This would have much more value because then you could just play it as the discard effect, but I want to keep my sparring gear. Or I want to keep my whatever. Since you have to eliminate the original one, now it also becomes a matter of sequencing because if you see this later in the game... Okay, yeah, you strip away whatever their hypothetically important card is, or maybe you don't, you just whiff, and then you get a somewhat mediocre at best armor. Like, it's... I feel like this should have been a utility, but maybe it would have been too good then? Nah, it would have been fine, I don't know. This is not... This doesn't excite me at all, I don't know. Yeah, so we'll move on from there, uh, and we'll... Our next one up actually was revealed a scant few hours ago, and that is Escape Capsule. So Escape Capsule is actually a utility. It's orange pip, black pip, gives plus one attack, and when you deploy the upgraded character's head, put this and any other upgrades that were on the upgraded character onto the deployed character. So the obvious one to get out of the way is Fort Max. Uh, you can chain this if you really want to. Uh, I think this is primarily going to get used for the pips. Do you feel otherwise, Scott? I agree with you. I, I just... I, I think you should have cards in your hand when the head deploys because it's just not hard to, like, grab a Nobles or a Scoundrels or a backup beam or something like that. Like, it's not hard to have cards in your hand, and so definitely all this does is give you plus one attack from the utility side. Which is standard. Yeah, like, an aggro deck's not going to care about this, right? Because most of its weapons are going to be, like, grenade launchers, or they're going to be not in play. Um, it's definitely, like, this... the seventh or eighth upgrade you'd want to play beyond, like, a whole bunch of weapons and, and bashing shields and stuff like that, and then it hits energy capsule. How does it read with uh, put on put effects? Do they go off again? 
put this and any other upgrades that were on the upgrade. I think they would trigger again. Okay, so that's a little bit of a That does help. Yeah, like, they, now that you mentioned that, I hadn't thought of that earlier. I mean, mm. it's minor, but it helps a little bit. Well, um, I mean, it, the issue, like to your point, the if you're an aggressive deck, there's almost always a better upgrade you'd rather be playing, and most of your weapons are so redundant that if that guy, you know, the, the Titan Master body blows up, all right, well, I'll just, instead of having Erratic Lightning on there, I'll play Grenade Launcher on the on the head and call it a day. Right. I mean, it, right. it's, it, this card could have been another weapon instead. So I think we have to come at it from the the defensive side of things, and is it worth saving your armor on that character? Because obviously you're not saving utility. So, right. Do you right. think it's worth it there? No, I don't think. I don't think. I think this is too niche to see play. Mm-hmm. I just think. I just think that like. I don't think the heads are going to survive regardless. The only head I've seen so far that can survive is Flintlock anyway, mm. and maybe maybe. Drax, what was the, his name? Drax or whatever the, the plus five, five yeah. health one. Yeah, so it's like possible. putting armor on putting armor on them is is fine, but like I think you need to be doing things like reprocking hovercraft and things like that. And I just don't know how to do like dream scenario and yeah, it takes a lot of upgrade plays and like there's a lot of effort involved to make this thing happen and not necessarily a whole lot of payoff at least right now. Uh, I do think pip-wise, because it's a somewhat playable orange-black, that there's something there. Plus, obviously, I mean, it's clearly built for Fort Max. So it's it probably going to get some play there or in similar decks that want this specific pip combination. It does seem that, in general, Wizards is now making the effort to... It, it's a pip and a half for you know an orange or a blue and a black pip kind of thing. So that, like, I could certainly see in Wave... I mean, it wouldn't have had this effect, but in Siege 1, maybe this was orange-black and just had, like, a meaningless text or no attack buff, that sort of thing. Yeah, that's fair. Um, But yeah, I I do... I mean, it's obviously a rare, I think, rather than power level in this case, it's going to be due to complexity for it uh but i'm looking forward to seeing if there's anything cute with other heads that that show up um or where else this might fit there's always something to be there so we've we've seen the swap parts we've seen the red heats we've seen all the other weird stuff that this is something that is gonna sit in the back of my head simmering as far as like is there something a little weird little outside the norm that could happen with this because of blah whatever that happens to be uh, it, because of that reattaching. Leave that one behind, and we're going to move on to Fusion Borer, which uh, actually I kind of like. So we'll we'll get Scott's thoughts, assuming he isn't uh, getting a little disconnected at the moment. But he, So Fusion Borer is a single black pip. It's a three-attack weapon that has innate Pierce 3. So we have Piercing Blaster, but it gives you attack now. And when the upgraded character attacks, scrap this card after the battle. So one of the key things, I think, for this is that based on the wording, 
Sound Blaster should be able to recur this and then it won't go away. So it'll be there to hand off as a grenade launcher the next turn, assuming, you know, something else terrible doesn't happen. Uh, but even aside from that, it's also a viable black pip. So if you're playing that hypothetical orange black aggressive build, if your guy is going to die anyway, it doesn't matter that this goes away at the end of combat because your guy was dead anyway. But I anticipate that this is more of a Sound Blaster focused card, despite it seems like Ironhide on the artwork. Scott, do you feel that that this one is going to see any play? So this is the the new Piercing Blaster, Scott. I'm I like this guy. The obvious thing is okay. Well, it's a potential Sound Blaster card. Do you see potential outside of that? This is not the plus three one. This is just a regular straight on piercing blaster. No, it's it's piercing blaster gives plus three attack and then it dies after you attack. Okay. Um, this card's really overrated. I saw a lot of people that like this card, and I don't, I don't really understand why. Well, I think it's everybody's excited about sound blaster. I don't. I don't know if that was the issue, but well, I don't I'm, know. Like, to... <laughs> I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> You know, to me, like, we've drawn the 4x4 chart many times, mm. both physically and audioly yeah. um, in, in the past, and Pierce and Plus just doesn't go together very well. Like, I understand, like, you know, the, the orange-black deck was a little unique because mm. you were basically, all your guys were RC, um, but this is different, and I just don't think that you could, it's going to be very difficult to make these two go in concert with one another without also playing a deck like that well i think that's i'm assuming that's again this you know what happens when you assume but uh it's i assume that's where the excitement is coming from either the the hypothetical sound blaster builds because now in conjunction with the crystal in conjunction with our disruptor blade in conjunction with presumably other stuff we're now hitting a critical mass of things that he could fetch while simultaneously dodging the the scrap clause in some of these scenarios allegedly right um it if for anybody i don't depending on editing i don't know if i said this or not but uh there's the potential that sound blasters effect when he recurs this weapon dodges the scrap effect depending on sequencing i'm assuming that's the case and again why people may be excited about it but i think that orange black aggro build is the other home for something like this. And that's, I mean, that I would, again, assume that that's where people are getting revved up about this card. I mean, to me, you're getting both effects, right? So you're getting a, a good weapon against control and a good weapon against aggro, but you're, you're, you're mitigating that by having a pip that doesn't help you. Mm-hmm. So I just feel like... Well, a pip that only where... helps you some of the time um so if you're running it in that orange black deck this could be uh i mean depending on this you know it's going to come down to what you flip and when you play it but it's gonna like there are scenarios where it would be worthwhile yeah i just it's i just feel like you're you're always gonna be better off playing an on color weapon that does something similar like i mean mm-hmm. yeah i agree does this have any comparison to Energon Axe? Like any in any world, does this compare to Energon Axe? Like, I mean, it can more effectively, well, yeah, probably more effectively be run in an aggro deck. I 
guess, because your aggro guys are typically undamaged or dead. <laughs> like, there's... It's rare that there's a middle state. I don't but know, I, I just think, like, I think combining Piercing Blaster with uh, Grenade Launcher is not a recipe for success. So. Well, yes, there, there's that argument. <laughs> I, I do think that there's something to be said for the potential Sound Blaster builds, but I don't... My issue with him before wasn't necessarily the weapons, although obviously that was a concern prior to seeing a lot of these. The issue was actually the partners uh, and how you make the 12 stars plus other stuff count while still juggling this requirement for black pips. I don't think that's going to be an issue because I think Titan Masters helped that a lot. But, like, mm -hmm. I just... And I guess I still wouldn't... Like, even if like even if the Sound Blaster ruling was correct, I still probably would only run this as, like, a one or two of even there. Because I just don't... Because I don't... Because... I mean, I, I don't know. I guess hypothetically... It's I mean, this is stick a, around as, as if, long as he is. I don't know. If you assume that he is recurring it, it's a better R or disruptor blade. I mean, yes. I mean, that's right. I guess that's right. So I guess he can just keep. You're right. He can just keep recurring it over and over again. Right. Right. So it, I, guess, I guess that's fair. Yeah. It it again depends on the partners in the shell because, like, if this is an aggressive orange black build, he may not be long for the world either. I mean, he does have a lot of health, but. If you're not defending anything, he's probably going to get snapped in half at some point. So you're only yeah, getting so many this uses. Will, this will allow you to play in a blue shell and probably be okay. Then I forgot that he, I, I for some reason, clicked on my mind that he's going to just keep getting it back, even if it doesn't goes around the ruling. He's just going to keep getting it back. So yeah, because as soon as he moves it, they're going to let it die, and then barring reshuffle, right, he'll have another opportunity. Right. So the, the only thing you don't get it, you don't get the flip to alt mode like plus one thing that he does. I guess it's the only negative, right? Yeah. Um. Well, you will it, if it keeps if it stays around. Like yeah, if you so you'll recur it, you'll move it. It'll be a grenade launcher pierce three, and then it dies, and then you can cycle it back again, assuming the game goes long enough to do that. Yes, so. I think, and I think that's. I think, I think, I guess either way in that deck, it's probably fine. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I mean, as an uncommon. It, I feel like that it's reasonable for it to fit into that slot where it's okay. This is the deck it's for, but we'll see if if that orange black build from the PPG events continues to and even before that because I think somebody's running something similar at EI that it keeps rolling. Yep. So, uh, moving on from Fusion Borer, we believe it or not, Scott have managed to eat across the finish line to our last reveal for this segment again for everybody out there watching live we will be going live again later today with the other half for the other 50 billion cards uh and that is grav inhibitor which is i guess not really the most exciting thing to end on it's a <laughs> it's a black pip piercing blaster <laughs> it's even a weapon it's not a utility like the bold thing earlier um, which, to be honest, I thought it was when I first saw it. I kind of assumed that it was a a utility. It is not. It is a weapon. So they managed to make Piercing Blaster worse. Son, I am disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I don't know what to say about this card in all seriousness. It has, okay, here's what we'll say. If they make foils of all the regular battle cards... This one could look pretty sweet with Wheeljack levitating these these cross beams. Okay, I'll, I'll, I, I'll get with you on that one. I I got nothing. It 
it'll it'll be a good card to make proxies with. It'll be a good card unlimited. Yeah, probably based on what we've seen so far. Um, I mean, any peers, any peers is good limited, so it's yeah. gonna be a good card limited. Yeah. Uh, um. Yeah, I got nothing else to add for this thing. Anything? <laughs> no, no. Yeah. Um. Any other thoughts on any of the other cards before we close up for this half, Scott? Um. No, I mean, uh, we had this was the worst half. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Okay, we'll, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> uh, but there were some some really exciting things in this. It, as always, I'm really looking forward to a whole bunch of these cards because uh, it still feels very far away. Even it, like we're almost in March, but it's still very far away before we officially get these cards in hand. Yeah, and I think the big issue is just like you know, there's going to be a couple week delay before you actually get to play with them. Obviously, I, I enjoy playtesting with them, but um, in that in those couple week periods, but. Yeah, um, that's going to be the big issue. But yep. yeah, I mean the, the the standouts for me really in this tap are really Bludgeon and all the cards that got got Bludgeon and his quote his action card. Even though I don't, it's not really him and yeah. and Braun to me are the standouts in this in this half. Yeah, I mean you got to give a special shout out to Belligerence too. Um, yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, the other ones definitely have some potentially unique scenarios, but are clearly more fringe than the other ones. Agreed. And and then there's Grav Inhibitor and. Springer's thing <laughs> at like exactly. so, somewhere way the hell over there. <laughs> right. Anyway, uh, we'll drag this one out because we do have to prep for the other one. So as always, everyone, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. And please tune in next time for more Tech Talk.